0: This episode is brought to you in full by Rebus University, the future of real estate training. Go now to www.rebusuniversity.com and use the coupon code ROCK for 20% off your first course. Double your commissions now with Rebus University. Okay, Rockstar Nation. Boy, we have a great guest today. I got Julia Nyman on the line. She is 27 years old and killing it uh, in her business all by herself. And we have a lot of listeners that have reached out to us and said, hey, you know, you guys are great with these teams, with these people that come on that are, you know, making millions of dollars with big teams. But really I'm a new agent or I'm a, an agent that's just left the team or an agent that uh, is in a rut and want back to basics information on from somebody that is doing it today, not someone who's giving advice uh, that's 10, 20, 30 years old. And I have found the agent for you. Julie, Julia is less than two years in the business. And, uh, already cranking things out so we're gonna we're gonna find out how and I think this is a great interview for anybody no matter what level you're looking in because she is doing some things that I guarantee you you are not so without further ado Julia welcome the real estate rock stars
1: thank you so much for having me Pat it's an honor to be here
0: so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself Julia so they can get to know you better
1: Sure. So I am born and raised Baltimore metro area. grew up in Baltimore City, Um, went to school in Baltimore City and Catonsville High School, and then went to Towson University, graduated in 2013 with my bachelor in science, went that route really quickly into the nonprofit sector and loved the mission of the company I was at, but didn't quite love my specific role and knew I would need to probably get a doctorate to have the type of lifestyle that I wanted long term. And that just wasn't in my cards and really what I didn't, I didn't feel passionate about doing that. So I had a friend who had a small property management company that she knew was looking to hire a bookkeeper. They interviewed me and hired me anyway, and then brought back their bookkeeper because I am more uh, personal and out and wanting to be networking and marketing and things like that. So worked with them for about a year. I kind of call that my real estate internship. They didn't quite know what to do with me. So I ended up networking for them, going out to mastermind meetings. I ended up becoming really their leasing specialist. I would help the landlords get their properties ready for rent. I would put them up on Zillow and all the different websites and then meet the tenants and put the leases together and all of that. So I really realized that I love all of the nitty gritty work of being a real estate agent. And when there wasn't a lot of opportunity for growth, I decided to put in a month's notice, get my real estate license and get a part-time waitressing job just to supplement the savings that I had built to really jump in full-time. So I did that in September of 2015. It took me about six months to close my first house, which was in March of 2016. I think it took me that long. I started at the wrong brokerage for me. And it took me about four months to find that right brokerage over at Keller Williams at the time. So once I got there and really got into some of their training programs and got a better idea of how to really start my business, it took off. So in my first full year in the business, March of 16, to the end of the year, I sold 23 homes, equaling 6.3 million. And then this year, I just finished with about 8.2 million, which is 29 homes. Now, just to give you another statistic, my first year, I was... About an 89% buyers, so I did 19 of those transactions were buyer-based and only three were listings. This year, I flipped that on the head and I did about 20 listings and only nine buyers. So I really tapped into an additional um, investor market, which has been really amazing for our business. And I'm very passionate about helping people get their homes ready to list and talking about design elements. So it's been such a pleasure working with them because they've allowed me to really have input when it comes to their design elements and uh, it 's just been a great year, and i 'm just so happy that i 'm in this business and I love giving back to other agents so i 'm just excited to tell you whatever I can tell you to help all of the listeners out there
0: Wow, what a story that that 's awesome i mean that 's great. I love a couple of things. I love how you just jumped right in and you know you took a waitress job because uh, you know you knew you had to support yourself, but at the same time you knew it 's going to take six months or so or a couple of months um to sell a house uh but then once you sold your first house you were you were off to the races and um and then you totally made a mindset change of switching the listings which i think everybody in the universe that has a real estate license if you haven't already done that you need to do it unequivocally there's no other way uh, way no other way and um and we're but we're going to find out how you did that because there's people listening, been in business 15 years, been like, damn, I wanted, I, you know, I've been wanting to switch to listings for a long time, but I'm addicted. So we're going to find out how you broke that addiction so fast. Uh, but anyways, let's get into some nitty gritty. So, all right, you sold 23 houses your first year. What was your ECI on that?
1: How much money? your
0: your gross commission income? Yeah, what'd you make on uh, that?
1: I brought in about one
0: twenty three. One hundred twenty three thousand. Like, very hard to make that waitressing. Um, obviously. My average
1: sales price was two seventy seven year one.
0: What were where were you? Um, what were you making at the nonprofit or wherever you were? Property management, whatever.
1: Thirty five base salary.
0: Thirty five thousand grand. Thirty five grand. Um, so you tripled that. I mean, what a decision, right?
1: It was, um, I, you know, when you start, they expect you to set goals and set them high. And I set myself at 22 homes and beat that goal because I was like, all right, let's shoot for six figures. And I never really had the mindset of scarcity. What am I going to do? How can I make this happen? But I didn't necessarily know if I could do it either. So they always say, you know, you should set your one year, three year, five and 10. And I was like, nope, I'm going to set one. Let's see if I can tackle this and then I'll go from there. So I was blown away at how it worked, but I'm a real big believer in, mindset. And mindset is so important in any success that you want in any aspect of your life, whether you're a real estate agent or a mortgage lender or in a totally different industry. If your mindset is off, there is absolutely no way that you're going to reach success because that is the core of who you are and how you carry yourself through your day. So, as a new agent, it's scary. You don't really know what you're doing. You've never helped a client before, and if you don't start your morning with the right mindset of, I can do this, you know, I'm a strong person, people want to work with me, and really making sure that your focus is on providing value to other people, it's much harder to succeed.
0: Well, like, how do you advise somebody that's, that's saying, oh, mind, the word mindset is a cliche. Sure. I don't have it. How do I get it? You know what I mean? The, I guess the question is, did you have major doubts? And how did you overcome those, you know,
1: of course. I mean, in the it, beginning? To be honest, I probably came home almost every single day crying because I was just scared and nervous Mm. about the transition and what I was going to do. But I I made sure that I started the day on the right foot. So your podcast and Super Agents Live were the two podcasts that got my business running. I listened to at least two podcasts every single day. I would listen to one when I walked the dog in the morning and then I listened to another wherever I was going throughout the day driving in the car. So with that and making sure that I was reading one mindset book Every, you know all, at all times i made sure that a lot of my downtime was really focused on getting my mind in the right place and learning how one thing i really loved about your podcast and the other one was i was listening to what other top agents were doing to succeed and learning the vocabulary and just learning how they talked and learning the business and you know i may have really resonated with one person and liked what they were doing and wanted to plug something in. Or I might've been like, eh, that's not quite for me, but you really have to focus on who you're spending your time with and what you're spending your time on because time is limited. So you are the sum of the five people you spend your most, the most time with, and you're the sum of what you spend your time on. So I just think it's important to do that. So.
0: I, I love that. I mean, I, I, when I was in the business, I used to love going to the conventions and stuff because you know, there's some real estate coaches out there that are more of a cult of personality, right? It's like, you have to do it this You have to do a listing appointment this way. It has to be 20 minutes and it has to be, you know, you have to close from day one, first sentence and all. And, and none of that ever jived with me, you know, and I used to love like, you know, going to conventions and meeting like a hundred agents and finding like five, that were like massively successful that talked to my soul that I was like, well, I want to be like that guy. That's, exactly. that's the future Pat. You know what I mean? So that's where podcasts are awesome and where things like our Rebus University, where we have so many different mm-hmm. instructors that are in the business, um, different ages, different sexes, races, things like that, that people can jive with people. You know, it be like, mm-hmm. I really like Julie and how she does this checklists, open house secrets, newsletters that are sent out, sphere of influence forms, referral request forms, and the list goes on and on. If you would like to get this free toolbox full of items of utility, simply go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or simply text toolbox toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox to 444-999. So what did you do exactly? Like you came home crying, but what specifically did you do?
1: What was I doing to get business? So I, for yeah. well, the first four months, I fumbled around a little bit. I, you know, mail knocked on doors in my neighborhood and dropped a little card off cuz no one was home when I went went by and um, I wasn't quite sure what to do. I would reach out to a couple people on Facebook or make make posts, but I really do call it fumbling around. I was failing forward and just not knowing what I needed to be doing. Once I got to Keller Williams, I tapped into a huge network of other agents who were open to me having holding up open houses for them. And that's really what took my business off. Out of those 19 uh, buyers my first year, 10 of them were from open houses alone. So I really plugged into the open house model. I would do at least one a weekend, if not two or three. And um, I remember one weekend I decided, I, I, was, I was scared at the beginning part of my business. So I remember distinctly I had sold, th- I had closed three buyers and I had my first listing and I was Scared out of my mind. So I did go out there and interview a couple teams for a buyer agent role because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Yeah, I was going to
0: ask you that. I mean, like, I had a friend, a good friend of mine, thinking about getting into real estate, and I was just talking to him yesterday, and I said, I s- said Fish uh, that's his name. I said you yeah, I'm thinking maybe you might want to start at a team because you know that's the best way to start it. he has no wow. clue about anything in real estate. What so why didn't you do that? This is going to be good to hear. Mm-hmm.
1: I was I was given that advice probably 9 out of 10 times someone would wow. talk, go join a team, go join a team. And um, I I just it just never resonated with me. I met with a couple top teams, two in my specific office, and one um, whose team leader I respect tremendously in another Keller Williams office. But, And I, I almost joined her. And it was because that her culture was very similar to mine. And I really loved what they were doing with their branding and their mission and their volunteer work. And I was totally on board. But I, I will tell you, when we had the conversation about the splits, I went into a state of just being upset because <laughs> it was just shut down in every way. Because I was like, I thought about it in my head. And I'm, I mean, we don't need to talk about all of those splits and what they were, but I would have had to sell 60 homes to match the 20 just to make the same income. And that just made So it-
0: wait a minute. So, okay. So, cause the, you know, that's the one thing I didn't ask you. It's like, what's your profit margin roughly on the the 123,000 that you brought in gross commission?
1: So my business, Pat, is strictly referrals, social media, open houses, and networking. So my, I really, I didn't spend much money besides maybe playing around with a Facebook ad with $20 here or going out to a happy hour and paying for the other person's drink and appetizer. You basically
0: paid your broker cap or, or your, your commission yeah. split with the and broker I, and then you were out. To,
1: I would have to pull the numbers. We just got organized with the CPA. I'm so going to so
0: guess probably 35 grand you less. spent, right? I
1: I spent, I spent about fifty-five this year, so I think it was much less last year because I know what I spent this year, and there's just no way.
0: Yeah. So, so, so you know, 25. okay. So let's say twenty-five to thirty-five grand. You started at one twenty-five, so you, you netted ninety thousand dollars coming from a salary of thirty-five thousand with a team. You're right. You probably would have spent. Well, you would have been on depending on the team, but you know any. Most teams spend a lot of money, so they, they, in order to profit, they need to have a 50 50 split with their agents. Uh,
1: and so I they, think that's if great. They're, you know, if I, they're
0: not, then they're not smart business people. I'm just being quite candid with you, right? So,
1: oh, absolutely. And I'm not against, you know, people joining teams. I think it's great for certain people. But for me personally, I just don't have the personality for it. When I realized that a team wasn't for me, I'm all about, you know, joining other powerhouse agents, which is something I can talk more about because I just went out on that journey three weeks ago. But I, I really didn't want to go under someone else's umbrella. I, I really that that just hit me to my core. I wanted to build my own brand and make a difference to clients in my own way and make sure that my message was being told instead of being underneath someone's message and maybe relating to that message. So it, I just, it just, it didn't sit with me. I don't know if anyone's read the book, Rocket Fuel, great book for anyone. Yeah.
0: Gino Wickman. I, I love that. I, I use it with my company, Rebus. Great. And uh, his, his father, Floyd Wickman was one of my original mentors. Okay. Um, he's a, actually, his dad's a real estate guy. If you, okay. if you look it up, because a lot of the references he has, if you pay attention in the beginning of the book, He used to run his father's real estate uh, business.
1: Okay, awesome.
0: He was a real estate trainer. Anyways, I think that what what you're saying is essentially you were able to get what you needed for free from podcasts and books, you know, without actually being on a team and being held accountable. I think teams are good because they hold you accountable, but if you're a self-disciplined person, which obviously you are, you're like, hey, I, I can, I'll be self-disciplined,
1: right? It's all about the follow-up, follow-through, and the grit to make what you want happen. And if mm. you don't have it, I mean, if you don't have it, you don't have it. If you have it and you need someone else to hold you accountable to it, I think that's awesome. And I just, I, I haven't needed that in my career, um, and I've gotten it from listening to and listening and hearing because I do a lot of Audible and a lot of podcasts. I've gotten it through other people and their messages.
0: So what do you say to people that are like, Julia, yeah, that's true, but if you come on my team, and I'm just playing devil's advocate because I'm very curious. If you come on my team, I'll give you all these Zillow leads and all these you know, Boomtown or Commission Inc. leads.
1: I didn't build my business that way, and I don't want my business to be built that way. I think it's a great supplemental area, but... I have really built my business on reaching out to people who really already know, like, and trust me and letting them know that I really want to be that resource for them. And I want to provide them value in any way that I can. And for me personally, in my personality, it was much harder for me to pick up the phone and hustle that phone and try to get someone to want to listen to me than just meeting someone face-to-face at an open house, or talking to someone at the restaurant that I was working at at the time, or going out to a networking event. I'm just, I'm much better face-to-face and better with that personal communication and conversation. It's much harder for someone to say no to me when they meet me in person than just picking up the phone being like, hi, I'm Julia. Can I help you buy or sell a house? It just doesn't work as well for me. So I, I just, you don't have a lot of time in the day. So I just spent my time where I knew it was making a difference, and I was pulling one solid client off of every about every other open house that I did year one.
0: So really? I, How?
1: Yeah. So, and it's it's all about relationships. This people, there are a lot of different people who go into the real estate business for a lot of different reasons. Some people just want to sell a couple of houses a year, and I think that's great for them. Other people really just want to make a ton of money and cash, and that's their reasoning. For me, it's all been about making a real difference in other people's lives and helping them and knowing that I made that difference personally. So when I go to open houses, my whole point is really, you know, to have a couple cookies on the counter, of course, and some flyers, but it's that connection. It's that immediate connection when they walk through the door where we can build a connection and talk about what they're really looking for. A lot of people will come in and be like, no, don't really talk to me. I have an agent and that's totally fine. But if you can connect, if you do the right open houses and can connect with at least one person at every open house, that's all you really need. How do you
0: define right?
1: Right is just someone that you can that you no, right
0: open house. Like how do you do oh, that? Okay. Like someone's like, oh, you know, I got 20 to choose from. Which one, Julia, should I pick?
1: You should pick in a house that has been on the market less than 30 days. Okay. What else? You should pick a house that is relatively easy to get to, meaning that you only need about five signs to detour someone from a main road back to a house. Okay. Because some people specifically do come from signs, and if they're turning bazillion different directions they might lose interest um and it takes so much longer to put those signs
0: up. <laughs> yeah, and they might bail they're like this is too hard it's kind of like resetting your password sometimes it's too hard you're like i oh, screw it yep. as a member of the Rockstar nation you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them a free tool
1: It's also important to think about the house. What do the pictures look online? How is it being advertised? If it has no pictures online, are many people going to want to really go there? Are the pictures fabulous and the house looks great? You're probably going to get more traffic through that open house. Is the price right? If it's dramatically overpriced, you might not get as much traffic through too. And what is that sales price? For me personally, I knew that I really needed a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars sales price or above to really meet my goals and make sure I, you know, was working effectively and time and efficiently. So, I made sure that I was doing open houses. Around 275 and above, because I knew that people walking through open houses usually walk into open houses that are slightly above their price range because they're just looking around. So to compensate for that, I really tried to be no lower than 275, but really over 300 thousand um, dollars. And I found there was just a niche for me that 300 thousand dollar to 500 thousand dollar home. It was easier for me to connect with people. Um, I always try to have someone with me. So. I partnered with a mortgage lender year one and he would print out all my flyers for me and just come and sit with me. And I found that having two people there and always playing music cut that dead silence and made people feel a little bit more comfortable.
0: Okay. So what kind of music do you play?
1: Country music or country
0: music. Okay. Just
1: something, just something light, something to kill that dead, awkward silence and make sure if anyone's looking to do open houses in the future and build their businesses from it, do the right ones. And please, please, please learn a little bit about the house before you walk in that door. I it's, you know, ask ask the listing agent simple questions because buyers are going to ask you those simple questions and you want to sound like you're knowledgeable because you're there to really show your image as a real estate agent. So you want to make sure that you're showing that well. You know, simple questions. How old is the roof? Um, how old is the HVAC? Uh, are there any major updates? Are there any major problems? Um, a really good feature about the neighborhood, just just some of the basics. You can always call the listing agent later if there are more questions from a potential buyer, but um, know a little
0: bit about it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And, you know, begin with the, uh, you know, in my book that I wrote, I always, one of my chapters is work, build from a success up, not from the ground up. And so you're, you're building from a success up simply and taking um, the best open house, like going on and looking at the agent's photographs, right? If one agent has five photos and one agent has a hundred photos and a professional, you know, you're like, I want to do that open house because you have a leg up already and you haven't even paid any more money or done it. You just made a little bit of effort.
1: Don't do any know. agents favors just because they want you to hold an open house because their seller told them that. Yeah. Cause
0: usually happen. when that, when that happens, the houses are a dog, right? I mean, they're like,
1: mean, I mean, sure. Look it up first. And if it looks great, go ahead and do it. I will say though, my, the first open house I pulled a client from at the very be- probably it was probably February of 2016 it was a house that had been sitting on the market for about 93 days i was really doing someone a favor last minute you know got all my clothes rushed up there she put up the balloons for me and i got you know my first listing from it and a buyer sale as well so sometimes you have that lucky person who just happens to walk in but if you're looking for a success method using all of those elements that I discussed can really be beneficial and help you pull the best open house. So on Maris, I know how it works for our office. All you have to do is go to the cross property and look up the broker code and it'll give you a list of all of the listings in your specific brokerage because you can only hold open houses for other agents in your brokerage, or the, at least that's a rule where we are in the Baltimore Metro area. That's,
0: Yeah, I I didn't hear that one, but that's fine. You know, I mean, there should be plenty in your brokerage. If not, you know. But anyway, so yeah, I love how you bring a lender with you. I know, uh, episode five seventy two, we had Carl Carter come on, who, you know, whose mother was, you know, murdered, tied up, kidnapped, and then murdered, uh, showing a house, and that was one of Carl's go to rules was to try to you know to have and he's a man mm-hmm. to have a lender with you at all times at any open house
1: if if my lender can't come usually my husband stops by even if it's just for five minutes or i'll try to get someone else in there so or a
0: co-agent you know somebody else yeah. to, to work it that, with.
1: that's a great method too so if you have a hot listing that you're holding open and the agent has told you you know i've had 20 showings week one bring another agent with you because there is absolutely no way that you can talk to 30 people at one time if they're all bombarding the open house at once. So it can be beneficial to have another agent with you for really active listings.
0: Yeah. And guys, if you haven't heard that episode, go to the hybendigital.com backslash Carl, C-A-R-L Carter, C-A-R-T-E-R. I mean, it's amazing, amazing story that everybody, and amazing is a bad word because it's a positive word. It's a tragic story that, that I think is important for every single agent to listen to um, in today's world. So, all right, so Julia, let's let's jump into this. Now, I want to find out and I want some meat and potatoes here. I want some specifics, right? Here you go in, you're a year in the business, right? You've you've netted in your pocket like 90 grand coming from a $35,000 salary. You're on your own, you're 25, 26 years old. You suddenly or at 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 one point decide, you know what? I'm busy as hell. I'm working all these buyers. I see listing agents out there that have control and essentially without paying any salaries or any having any stress about agents, buyer agents, they have thousands and thousands of agents essentially working for them because they have the listings and they put them in MLS and all of a sudden all these agents go to work for them at once. So it only makes logical sense for me, Julie, to be a listing agent. How did you do that? First of all, how did you... You know, what specifically, I want to know, did you do to stop with buyers and start with listings?
1: So I, that process happened very naturally for me, personally, when I was doing a lot of networking for the real estate investment company back before I got my license, they were selling Buy and hold investment properties to potential investors. So I was going out to a, a lot of the Baltimore Real Estate Association meetings um, and networking a lot with them. I started my business year one, you know, working with a couple new investors, taking them to properties, and didn't really love that. Worked with a couple who burned me and just didn't make a lot of offers. So I kind of stepped away from that. But year two, I believe my social media presence was big enough that a couple of those contacts and relationships that I had built before I got into the business reached out and gave me a shot when they were not happy with their past agents. And that's exactly what happened. I had one investor, a good friend to my day, to this day, um, said, hey, you know what? I have these two listings. We need to put them back on the market. Had a horrible experience with another agent for A, B, and C reasons, and we want to give you a shot. And it worked out great. Sold the first two fairly quickly. He referred me to a couple other investors. And mostly the investors that I've been working with really don't contact me until they're ready to talk about home design and put the house up on the market. And of course, pull comps to make sure that they're not over updating the house for the current market. So that's really how my listing business got going. I still had the natural referrals for a couple of people that I know selling homes, but about 10 or 11 of those 19 were strictly just from that relationship and relationships with that spawned off of that. And it's really developed a passion of mine because I I, I I love the show Fixer Upper. I love HGTV. I watch it all the time. And I really love home design. I'm always on Pinterest. I'm always, you know, comparing this fixture to another. I actually created a Facebook group if anyone wants to join Home Sweet Sold Transformations and Renovations, which gives everyone an opportunity to post their ideas and I share something. Thing almost every single day and you know trends that are coming up in 2018 because I'm so in our market at least people are still doing those super dry renovations where they barely even stage them they put in the white cabinets because they know everyone likes cap- white cabinets and the you know white and gray spackled uh granite countertops and if people, I I really feel that if people just put an extra warm touch on it, it might not necessarily need to be more expensive, but just thought out that detail a little bit more, they may attract more potential buyers who are looking for that warmth in their new home. So that's been a real passion of mine over the last year. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad and grateful that my business exploded that way. And I was able to explore that venture. I I hope that was helpful. It it wasn't really something that I shifted. If we want to have a conversation about how it happened, let's go into social media. Um, I post very regularly. I don't post sales pitches. I post, you know, pictures of my clients next to their new, new home with a home sweet sold sign, telling everyone how grateful I am that I was able to help them. I post Uh, pictures of houses and you know making recommendations for what to do or what not to do and getting people's opinions and um, I post a lot of motivational inspirational stuff so I think people can connect with me and I I just I I really share my journey and people have seen me go from you know quitting my full-time job to starting this industry and just develop this business over the last two years and I think a lot of people resonate and I'm glad that I've gotten to work with a couple of them.
0: That that's awesome. So so like uh, take me back to these, you know, to this guy, right, that started off that, that catapulted your listing career, let's say. What did you do, right? He so so he has an agent, and I love by the way that you built again from a success up rather than from the ground up, right? Um so you 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 had a success, you had some knowledge in people that flipped or rentals or whatever in the area. So you went to a you know, you took that knowledge and you, you, you went to some meetings, some landlord meetings, that sort of thing. You met somebody, you got this listing. It was listed with another agent. It was doing a bad job, not basically not getting it. sold. what specifically did you do?
1: Well, priced it right to begin with. Priced it right. They were dramatically overpriced. Both of them.
0: Whoa. Um, dramatic, like, like massively, like, um, and how'd you convince yeah.
1: him? It wasn't a convincing. I I I think, um, and I I really don't want to go into you know this past agent too much. Like I I really don't want the conversation to go there. But oh, I, I
0: got you. I, Okay. I
1: think, I think she was busy and just didn't review the comps as deta- as with as much detail as she should have. I I see how the mistake was happened. If you pull the general area and don't look at. Specific streets or specific neighborhoods, um, but but I think I think it was just a mistake and it happened. Um, it happened a, a couple times. And a it just
0: happens. So it's everyday life in real yeah. estate, right? And, People and, and It, happens. Things, it
1: happens, and I just was able to benefit from it, and it's been a beautiful relationship with my clients. I, I take a very. So is that
0: it? Price or did you did you change it around at all?
1: Uh, yeah, I dropped. I dropped about eighty grand. And the no, I
0: mean, I mean, did you stage it? You know, how are you? I'm just curious, like, what you're doing specifically to stage these houses to make it was them
1: better. staged. They already had a great relationship with the stager. I just really put it up on social media, took new pictures, priced it right, and um, did the real caring follow-up that was needed to make sure that everyone was being followed up with. So, as I was saying, I, I take a very detail-oriented and client experience focus. So, I treat... Everyone like my only client, or I do my best to do that. So I make sure that you know when a showing is scheduled the next day. If I don't have feedback, I'm calling the buyer's agent to get that feedback and making sure that I'm sending it to my seller promptly.
0: They were just more in tune to them and and were honest with them from day one, and
1: which I think is what they were looking for. They weren't getting a lot of communication and timely communication in the beginning, and that's really I. That's all you get with me. Really honest, authentic, regular communication.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. So let, I want to talk to you about this um, idea that you have. We, you know, before we started, we, we, you started talking about this and I was like, no, no, let's save this for the show because people need to hear this. So one of the questions that we talked about was what is like one big jackpot idea that agents today, 2018 need to know about need to think about need to do
1: so the first piece of it is i think it is so important for every agent to remember that they're in this business to create the life that they want to live which ultimately means that they should be off be acting every day with off that authentic, authenticity attached they should be authentic to who they are as a person so yeah they,
0: which which is uh, i don't mean to stop you but it's hard to do, right? Because a lot of people get into this business because of the money, quite frankly. I,
1: I understand, but I, I think one of the major reasons I've been successful in this business is because I've always had a caring heart and I've always put that first. It has not been about the money for me. I mm. feel like it's, it's generally, if you lead with a hungry mindset for money, people can smell that from a mile away. If you Commission breath. <laughs> if you come at it from, Hey, I just want to help you in any way that I can, whether it's now or three years down the road, whether you just have a question or you really need help, I'm here for you. If you come at it from that approach, it really makes a difference. And leading into this big idea. Um, I know the Keller Williams company in general, I don't want anyone to mad at, I hope Everyone's okay with me sharing this, but I, we're in for a major real estate market shift. A couple of the technology companies out there today, I think, are going to threaten the way that the real estate business is run today. Um, I think, you know, the cloud brokerages are going to become a threat to some of the more normal standard brokerages. I think that a lot of the things that clients need to do through professionals here on the ground will be available electronically, and I think that a lot of people who are in this business for reasons outside of treating the client with and creating the best experience for clients and really focusing on the clients will have an issue moving forward because i think the way this business is going if you aren't and if you aren't as authentic as you could be and you aren't as caring about the clients which are which is what we're doing here we're taking care of clients and their most usually for most people, we're taking care of their largest investments that they're ever going to do in their entire lives. And we're creating a whole experience around it. But so many people are always, where's the next transaction coming from? Where's the next transaction coming from? You know, how do I bring more agents on? How do I bring more agents? But if everyone just took a step back and thought about what are these five transactions, what is happening in these five transactions I have right now? And are these people getting the best service they possibly could be? the business will naturally grow by referral and the way that it should. Because if people are getting taken care of the way that they should, they are naturally going to talk about it to everyone else and build your business naturally. So I I think, I I just think it's all about building relationships and making sure that you have people at the heart of it. And you really just focus on making sure that, you know, you're taking care of we're taking care of people. And I just, I,
0: So like right now, the way I'm looking at what you're saying, right? There's a million different brokerages. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the brokerages are really focused on um, the agent, right? Like agents care about their brokerage. You know, I'm going to go to this brokerage because they offer this. I'm going to go to this brokerage because of the split here, whatever, right? Consumers don't really give a crap about the brokerage, right? They compare, they're they're more about the agent in my mind, right? They don't really, it's, it's it's all blur to them. And because of that... All brokerages in the consumer's eyes are pretty similar, except the very bottom and the very top, which is only 10%. So you say you take like a Sotheby's, right? Um, and, And people say, oh, Sotheby's, you know, they sell the big houses that's super first class right and then you take like a help you sell or save 6 and that's the bottom class well the other 80% all lies in the middle they're all about the same right it's really up to the agent and what i think is ha- and and so what that means it would be like going to a mall where there's no nordstroms and there's no sears but there, there's a whole bunch of what what's like a middle one like um Beals or Macy's. I'm not sure. Macy's. Okay. Macy's. So they're, they're all Macy's, right? So people go to Nordstrom's cause they want first class. People go to Sears cause they want to save money. Mm-hmm. And then they go to Macy's cause it's right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Well, well, right now the real estate industry is pretty much like all Macy's. And I think what's going to happen is because so many things that the real estate agent used to be valuable for number one, the MLS. Well, that's public number two, Quite frankly, and uh, someone that has a lockbox key.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, guess what? If you look at rentals, you don't need agents anymore, man. I, I you know, I've got a, a ton of rentals, and and I'm putting them all on these lockboxes that you know we get a credit card and the people's name, and they just go out and show them themselves, right? We don't. I don't need an agent to show any of my rentals now. Right. That's gone. Price of house. Well, guess what? Zillow, Redfin, it, it, consumer can get a price of a house without an agent, and it's right. getting better and better. Agents don't want to admit it but it's getting better and better and better and better, right? These algorithms are getting, they're spending billions of dollars. So these three main things are going to be gone. And then the only thing left is what you're saying.
1: Right, exactly. So I just think a lot of there, I mean, I think there are almost 40,000 licensed agents in the state of Maryland alone. And I, I worry for the agents who are, you know, only in it for the commission or only in it to sell, you know, their mom and dad a house on the side. I I worry about those agents having that business because I think that business is going to go elsewhere. People are going to go digitally for everything they need. I, I think that market is going to increase. So I just want to put the message out there that we're in this business to help people. And I hope that everyone sees the opportunity that they have to really make a difference in someone's lives and are really taking that opportunity and not taking it for granted because it's huge and it's important and you have an opportunity to either be at a brokerage with the same mindset or really focus your business that way and that i i say that you know my business has grown naturally but that's because that is where I come from. I come from a place of contribution and Mm. people naturally come to me when they have questions and I naturally help them and try my best to make sure that they have the best experience possible with their home buying experience. And
0: and therein lies why you feel by being the Nordstrom's, right? That you're recession proof.
1: No, no, no one's recession proof. But if people understand your value and if you have created a message around your value, I feel that people will better respond to that.
0: Okay. But, no, I agree with you. I think, but, and you know, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I mean, you, you got to have that connection. You got to be there because you can't just be someone that, that has value or someone that offers free listings via email or someone that has a lockbox key. It's just not going to cut it anymore. It's
1: a, it's a relationship business. And I think right. it's going to yeah. become more so as time goes by because people are going to be able to get everything besides the relationship elsewhere. Same
0: Those, thing. Yeah. Same thing with lawyers. Yeah. Legal. I've used legal zoom a bunch of times, yeah. but when I, when I'm really, when I want somebody like angry, <laughs> that's, you know, that's going to blow somebody up, I pay for that. Right. The same thing with mortgages. People are using lending tree all day long, right?
1: Which is what we're here to do. Yeah. We are in this industry to, as I said, to help people with the most important investments of our lifet- of their lifetime, that should be our mindset 24-7. It should be our mindset when we wake up in the day, you know, what transactions do I have going? What's on my list to make sure that it's the, the best experience possible for the client? And I, I just switched brokerages three weeks ago and I'm so excited about it, but I'm going to a place where everything that they do And every ounce of money that they spend is based on the client experience. And their business just grows naturally because of it. And I'm excited to tap into it. So instead of spending, you know, thousands of dollars on a a service that might help their agents, they're spending that money on something that will help the clients that they have right now. Like what? Like... Matterport virtual tours. We do that on every single listing. Say,
0: wait a minute. Okay, so uh, slow it down. Would you say NAR report?
1: The virtual tours. Virtual tours for listings.
0: Okay. Um, Why'd you say NAR report?
1: Matterport.
0: Oh, Matterport. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, I know Matterport. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're saying Matterport is standard for the agents?
1: Yeah, to use for every single listing. And, you know, the focus is on, you know, we, we bring a little, we bring take measures to every single home inspection because the clients are always looking to, you know, measure things or it, it's really just the mindset though. You know, every single day we're sitting down and at our team. It's a
0: customer service exactly. mindset. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Which, which, which I agree with. I agree with what you said. I mean, as agents and as brokerages, everybody needs to focus on client versus agent. You know, because, you know, I mean, I, I guess from the, I guess it's an inside out thing. You got to do both. Like as a brokerage, you got to, from the inside, you got to focus on the agents. And from the outside now, all of a sudden you got to focus on the clients But because before the client really didn't care because everybody was a Macy's, you know, as a brokerage. But now suddenly the client will care but again, it goes back to the agent. The agent has to be massively customer service oriented and massively in relationship with people in order to maintain the storm. And why do you think it's, we're in for a big shift? Uh,
1: I, I think that a couple of the major technology companies are just going to get even better at what they're doing now, you know, the- and, and,
0: and sell real estate instead of agents, you mean?
1: and just help people have that real estate experience without needing to go with the professionals on the ground level. I I don't have the end to um, any, you know, hints on how that's going to happen. I just know there are a lot of whispers going around about it. And I, we we see it every day. I mean, people, you know, FISBOs want to do it themselves because they can list at all Lister online for $500. Yeah. We well, we, I had
0: um, the, ah. the guy starting solo pro on here. I think it's hybendigital.com backslash solo pro. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard that, you should listen to that there. I mean, there's yeah. a bunch of companies like solo pro that are, you know, trying to tap into that, going with the same concept that I mentioned before. And, and those are for people
1: yeah. that or- don't
0: give a crap about a relationship. Cause not, yeah. let's face it. Not everybody wants, not everyone wants to get married. Some right. people like to say single their whole sure. life and that's not right or wrong. Some people want to have kids. Others don't. It's not right or wrong. It just is. Some people want relationships, not, but the, but the, the, the person that wants a limousine ride will always take a limousine and the people that want Ubers will always take an Uber. They'll both be there, but you want to be that limousine person because, you know, most likely, and I'm trying not to get people confused. Most likely, the Uber will eventually be like a, a robot doing it, and the limousine driver will always be a friendly person. That's you can shake your hand and open your door and all that stuff. There, am I making any sense? Or am I? I, I get it because <laughs>
1: with, with the message that I'm giving. I I think this is going to appeal to a, a good population of people who understand, and I think some people are going to be like heck heck with that, I'm just going to continue what I'm doing. And given there are so many different ways to skin a cat, you can absolutely build a business by hustling the phones and calling Fizbo's and expireds and door knocking. You can definitely do that. I'm just saying there is another way to it and you don't necessarily have to do that to be successful. You can focus on the relationships and you know talking to people on social media and helping inspire other people and really building a an influencing brand on social media and in person at conversations if you want to build a business that way, it is possible. And I've done it. And I'm happy to talk to any of your listeners anytime to you know, give them a little bit more detail or answer any specific questions that they may have. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, that, that'll be awesome. And and uh, I'm going to wrap this up with our flagship question, which is this. And that is, Julia, if, if I took you and put you on a reality TV show, and let's just say a bunch of rookies, right? I'm going to take 10 rookie agents And I'm going to give them each $1,000, a laptop, computer, and a cell phone. And I'm going to put them in a a little island where there's a lot of commerce. People are spending money. People are running around, buying and selling houses. But the 10 of you don't know a soul. Whoever sells the most houses in the first six months wins $5 million. How's Julie going to win this game?
1: Do we have Wi-Fi and all the normal? Yeah,
0: you got all that. Yeah, absolutely. I,
1: I, I would use LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is a very untapped market where a lot of real estate agents are not understanding that. It's very easy to reach out to um, CPAs or different professionals or individual people. You can search for specific people in industries, So I I would touch that market and then I would hold as many open houses as possible and uh, talk to as many people on social medias that I possibly could.
0: That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Julie. I really appreciate it. And best of luck to you in Joppa, Maryland. If uh, next time I'm in town, I'll uh, get together and we can break some bread.
1: That sounds great. Thank you so much, Pat.
0: This episode is brought to you in full by Rebus University, the future of real estate training. Go now to www.rebusuniversity.com and use the coupon code ROCK for 20% off your first course. Double
1: your commissions now with Rebus University.
0: Thank you for turning into Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben and keep rocking.